today on Meet Your Body, we're talking all about perimenopause. Here we go. Hi, I'm Jessica Vallant, a physical therapist and Pilates teacher, and I want to bring science-based knowledge, empathy, courage, support, love, and hopefully some fun to the journeys we have with our bodies. There is hope and strength in your body, and my goal is to help you find it. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Meet Your Body. Today, we are talking about a subject that I never thought I would find myself talking about, and it's not necessarily because I didn't know this subject was out there. I somehow just kept it on the periphery of something that maybe I didn't need to know about. Maybe I would just cruise through this time. I, of course, knew menopause was coming. I think we all know that, right? We are told stories from when we're young. Menopause is coming, but it's been a very big gray area in my life of something I haven't asked many questions about. I haven't learned much about the stories out there and the narratives in journalism and marketing and TV shows and social media. And honestly, the people in our lives, all the women in my lives, in my life, the narratives were always not good around perimenopause. It wasn't hopeful. It wasn't considered an exciting time. I didn't really want to think much about it. So I didn't. And to be honest, perimenopause was even more unknown. I hear very few people talking about this, and that's only in the past couple years. And when I was younger, I had never heard the word perimenopause. So I didn't think it was something that I would ever address. I figured I would deal with it when it came. And guess what, everybody? It has come. Perimenopause has come into my life. She has settled in. And I'm trying to get to know her a little bit so we can become friends and walk through this journey together. So today, I am not coming to you as an expert in perimenopause because I am not by any means. It is not my area of expertise. I am talking to you like we were on a walk together or we were having coffee together and we're sharing stories and I'm saying, oh my gosh, me too. Please tell me more. I don't want to feel alone in this. Please tell me this is normal. That's where I'm coming from. This really entered my life about six months ago. I'll get into my story in a little bit. And since then, I've just started to learn. I've started to get into the process of learning and what I can do. So I'm passing that information on to you. So everything I tell you today is what I've learned myself, listening and learning over the past six months. And I'm coming to you from that aspect, that place of let's make sure we remember we're not alone. Let's own what we can about our bodies to feel empowered in them. And let's navigate and journey through each stage as much as we can with strength. So the first thing we need to talk about is what is perimenopause? And unfortunately, we don't have a lot of help around that area because it's pretty ill-defined. So first, I'm going to skip ahead, though, to what menopause is because most Experts agree on the definition of menopause. So a woman is considered in menopause. She starts menopause after 12 months of not having a cycle. So if you don't have a period, if you don't have a cycle for 12 months, then you are officially entering menopause. So that's a little bit more defined from the experts. Perimenopause officially means, the word perimenopause means around menopause. 
Thanks for that help, experts, because around menopause can mean a lot of different things. So it is the time that happens before menopause, and it could start anywhere from 5 to 12 years before menopause. It can start in your early 30s sometimes, and again, that is going to be extremely early for most people. That would be a time you want to see a professional about what's happening. So that's very early onset if it happens that early. In general, an average age would be anywhere possibly from 38 to 48 in that time frame. And it is very individual. It is going to change person by person by person. So don't compare yourself to other people in this area at all. Don't think one thing is normal and one thing isn't. Work with your own healthcare professional if you are going through this to find out what's going on, to ask your questions. But one of the biggest things I think to come away with is just knowing that it's absolutely an individual journey that you're on that starts at a different time for all of us and will end at a different time for all of us. But in general, it'll start anywhere from five to 12 years before menopause. And it ends then once we start menopause. One of the most helpful things to me that I have read around perimenopause is this idea of it being a second puberty. So I've read that, that it's considered a second puberty. That was really, really helpful to me in a couple ways. One, because it helped me understand physiologically what's going on with perimenopause. But even more than that, it gave me this ability. It gave me space to take a deep breath and say, oh, I get that. Like that's a real thing that happens. So I'm actually going through another real thing because it is an easy time to feel alone. It's an easy time to feel like, am I making this up in my head? Am I just thinking about this? Is this really happening? I don't know. It's an easy time to not feel like yourself, to question yourself, to go into a lot of self-doubt. It's an easy time for other people to pass judgment because it's not something you can see or people think it's it's something you can just control. But I have a 10-year-old daughter. And she is getting close to that age where puberty is coming into play for her and her friends. I would never in a million years say to her, you just need to control this. You just need to do better, act better. This isn't real. It's all in your head. I would never say that because I know puberty is real. I've been through it. I've seen it in other people. It is a, it's a real phenomenon that happens that changes how we act, how we think, how we are in our bodies. And that's happening now with perimenopause also. So again, all of this to say it's different for all of us and also give yourself a big dose of grace along the way because you are going through what's considered a second puberty. So what happens when we look at it from that standpoint of kind of puberty to perimenopause? When you are going through puberty, in general, it's a shift of hormones. So it's the first big shift of hormones in our life. And then perimenopause is the second big shift of hormones in our life. When we go through puberty, what happens is we have a general increase of estrogen in our body. It happens over time throughout puberty, but it's a general increase of estrogen, which leads to our reproductive years. It leads to our fertile years so that we are at reproductive capacity. That's what puberty does for us. It takes us to that time. Then you can think of perimenopause as taking us out of that time. It is where our estrogen generally starts to decrease 
taking us out of our reproductive years and into menopause. So again, that was helpful to me to think of it as puberty kind of at one end of that cycle and perimenopause leading to the other end of that cycle. But that in very, very, very general terms, that is what's happening in perimenopause. And there are various symptoms that women tend to feel during perimenopause, and it can run the spectrum of symptoms. And again, think back to puberty and some of the symptoms that you might have experienced or people experience that are common symptoms that happen during puberty. Many of those are are going to come into play here as well. One of the most common symptoms, up to 80% of women say that they experience night sweats and hot flashes. So hot flashes and night sweats are two of the most common symptoms that people get during perimenopause. You can also feel fatigue, and we're talking sometimes extreme fatigue, and fatigue that comes that's different than what you might feel in your normal lifestyle, right? So I have people ask me sometimes when I've gone to doctors, are you feeling fatigue? And I kind of laugh and I say, oh, I have two young kids. I get to sleep late. I get up early. I get woken up. Yes, of course I'm tired. That would be a a fatigue that I understand that's normal for my lifestyle. So we're talking fatigue that might be increased and not normal for your current lifestyle. Fatigue that prevents you from doing the things that you want to do. Increased sweating, so noticing increased perspiration and even increased odor from that perspiration. Anxiety, depression, brain fog, anger. I've heard many people use the words use the word rage during this time, a feeling of anger and rage. Weight gain, and again, we're talking more weight gain that happens from unexplained reasons, meaning you are keeping the same lifestyle that you had, but you're suddenly gaining weight. Or same kind of other side to that is that you would use the same tools that have always been effective at losing weight in the past and you're not losing that weight. Irregular periods, that can be one of the first signs for actually many people is that your cycle starts to become more irregular. Decreased libido, vaginal dryness, skin changes, just like in puberty, skin changes can happen. And trouble sleeping, that includes trouble falling asleep, and then also a big one, waking up in the middle of the night and not being able to go back to sleep. So those are some really common symptoms, but as I've heard many experts say, that is just a small list. They are Your symptoms are not limited to that list whatsoever. So if you are starting to think that you might be in this place, if you're starting to think you might want to see an expert, I would start writing down anything that you notice, right? To keep a two-week, three-week, even maybe a 28-day journal. If you're still cycling, keep a 28-day journal and just write down what you experience, how you're experiencing things, how they're presenting to you and bring that to the expert because it can be really helpful. And just remember, do not be ashamed. Do not be embarrassed about any of these things that you're feeling. They are a normal part of life. And the more we can talk about that and bring them out into the light, the more I, even for myself, I find the more I can laugh with my friends about it and what we're going through, I think the more we can find a lot of hope and empowerment during this time. All right, I'm going to dive into my story a little bit, because as I said, I'm not coming to you as an expert in this area. I'm coming to you as someone going through it myself, and my story is a little bit unique only in that, as you may know, I had a hysterectomy 
three and a half years ago. So I still have one ovary, but I had a hysterectomy and one ovary was taken. That means I don't have a period anymore, but I do still cycle. Okay. So I don't have a period, but I do cycle. So I can't tell you if my periods are regular or not, because I don't know. (laughs) I do know that I still cycle though. And many of you listening are probably in the same boat. So Just know if that is unique to you, obviously some of the symptoms I mentioned might not apply, but if you do have at least one ovary left, you may still be cycling. And I know I am because I can tell that I am, but because I only have one ovary, I'm only cycling every other month. So that's more the pattern that I'm kind of looking at. But again, looking back, I, and I'm 45 years old. So to lay that out there, I'm a 45-year-old woman. I've had two kids, had a hysterectomy three and a half years ago. And after the hysterectomy, I had what's called the Dutch test done. It's a very comprehensive hormone test, a panel done. I had that done, and I worked with a functional nutritionist. And that was because I knew with my hysterectomy that things may be off. I just wanted to be able to start from a good place and know where I was. But again, I was not thinking perimenopause at all. I had two very young kids. Um, My mind just wasn't there. It's not that I thought I was necessarily too young. I was probably, how old was I when I had my hysterectomy? I think I was 41 or 42, 42 maybe. Um, So I knew that was coming. It just really wasn't in in my current vision about what was happening. So I had the panel done and then I went on with my life. Um... 2020 happened right after my hysterectomy, right after my panel. So went straight into, as all of you did too, we went straight into a place of stress and our um, focus was on other things, right? We were just trying to get through and figure out what was happening and virtual school and running businesses and keeping our families afloat and caring for our relatives and people who were sick. And we were just in the midst of all of that. So that was really where my life went for a few years. I came out of that wanting to deal with some stress and anxiety that I had. Again, felt completely normal to me to have that after that kind of time. I worked on my nervous system regulation. And then I turned 45 about six months ago. About. I turned 45. And I would say right before that, so about six to eight months ago, I started to notice a few things. I noticed that I was five pounds heavier on a regular basis and it wasn't budging. And again, that isn't, I know that's not a big deal whatsoever. That is not where my focus is at all. I know it's not a big deal. It was just something I noticed because that was different for me. I would definitely fluctuate five pounds up and down all the time, um, depending on what was going on in my life, but it would go up and down. It would fluctuate around a regular baseline. So basically my baseline had changed. It had gone up five pounds and that was a new baseline. So I just noticed that. I'm like, huh, that's new. I noticed some brain fog. I felt like I was forgetting words more often. I will say that scared me a little bit. Um, taking care of my mother-in-law who has Alzheimer's for four years. We have dementia in my own side of the family. I'm very cognizant of that. So I, I noticed that I noticed vision changes. Holy moly. That one was interesting to me. So that was eight months to a year ago. I've worn contacts my whole life in glasses, but that too had been pretty baseline for years. My contacts had not changed. And I suddenly started noticing I could not see (laughs) like, I can't see anymore. This is so strange. And I went in and I got in. It had changed. I got a new prescription 
that didn't even feel right. Nothing felt right. And I needed readers and that was new. So it's just, again, a change. And that was a big one for me because I had not noticed a change in my vision in a very, very, very long time. So that was new. Change in vision, brain fog, weight gain. And then the other big thing I started to notice, this was the last one I started to notice, was mood changes. I had a shorter fuse. I felt like I had to walk away from the kids more to catch my breath and to um, like talk myself down. Basically, I had a shorter fuse. I had less patience. Um, like if there was a mess in the house, I had less patience for it. And that really bothered me. That, that was kind of the final thing that really bothered me. And that was the piece that kind of came into play that I said, you know what? <laughs> I wonder if this might be happening. And I did not go to get a diagnosis. And I think you would be hard, it would be hard to actually go to someone and say, tell me my exact diagnosis. Your diagnosis is perimenopause. Again, this is too nuanced of a subject. It's too individual per person. But everything fell into that for me. I was at the right age. I had just hit 45. All of these different things were happening that didn't have any other reason around it. I had, And then I could also cross off some things, power of elimination. I had been working really, really hard for a year to get my stress levels back down and that anxiety back down. So I knew that wasn't it because I had actually gotten to a place a really good place that let's say if it was a year before when I was in the middle of all that 2020 stuff and all of my fight or flight, I would have accused some of those symptoms of being caused by that. So that was one thing, power of elimination. I took that out. I had been working really hard on my sleep, power of elimination. I took that out. So some of those things. So I kind of started to think, oh, you know what? Huh? (laughs) How about that? I'm pretty sure I might be in perimenopause. And so looking into it, I really kind of started to think that might be where I am. And I decided to do another Dutch test. And if you're wondering about the Dutch test, just to tell you really quickly, and I'm going to, it's something that I will recommend at the end of this that you do if it is possible, if you have the means to do it. It's called the Dutch test, D-U-T-C-H. And you would work with a functional nutritionist or a functional medicine doctor to have it done. Regular doctors won't do it and insurance doesn't do it. So that's why, again, I'm going to get to other things later because I don't believe everyone needs it. And I know not everyone has the means to do it. So please do not think that this is something you have to do. I just want to explain what it is for those of you who don't know. I purposely saved up for it and decided it was something I wanted to do this year. Like it was my goal for the whole year. It wasn't something I just decided one day to do. It was my goal to do another panel this year. So I worked with a functional nutritionist. They ordered it for me and it's something that you do at home and it's very specific instructions. You have to do it during a certain time in your cycle. If you're in menopause, there are other instructions around it and you pee on sticks throughout the day and you do saliva tests throughout the day and then you send that in and they send all your results back. And we're talking everything you can think of, estrogen, progesterone, how your body processes estrogen, your cortisol levels in the morning and at night, testosterone, absolutely everything is in that panel. So I had that done. That's what's called the Dutch test. Um, And that came back and again, it... It didn't show a lot. It actually was better. I had worked on some things and gotten them better since I had done it three years ago. But what it did show kind of agreed with that idea that I was in perimenopause. So 
it was all of those things together. But again, I didn't go for a specific diagnosis. I'm just, I'm going to say I'm pretty darn sure that's where I am, which would make sense. I'm 45. As I said, these are the symptoms I'm feeling. And so I want to do what I can now instead of ignoring it. I want to do what I can now to try to embrace this time because I'll be honest, it, that's not easy to accept. Um, I don't know. I don't know how to say it more than that, that it, there's a lot of mixed feelings around it. First is, yes, I am beyond grateful every day to have the opportunity to age. Absolutely. It is a gift. It's an absolute gift. And I have friends who are sick and fighting for their lives, honestly, who would give anything to be here. So I'm not going to take a moment of it for granted. Also, if you listen to my midlife confusion episode from a few weeks ago, um, there are just mixed feelings we all have about aging, about our changing body. I had to go through a lot of mourning uh, around my hysterectomy and not being able to have any more babies. So I think that comes up, honestly, just for me a little bit. It's individual for all of us. So I think it's okay if you feel that. I think it's absolutely okay to say, all right, (laughs) here's a new stage. And yeah, I have lots of feelings around it. I have all the feels around this stage. And also, all right, that's the important. It's not, I have feelings, but it's not, I have feelings and giving up. It's, I have feelings. And also, this is what I'm going to do about it. And also, I'm going to find hope. Because I want to live as positively and optimistically and powerfully during this time as I can. So what are the tools that I can do to help me do that? And that's, that's where I am. That's where I find myself. That's where I want to be, is I want to be in that place. So here are the things that I personally did. And again, I am not saying you go out and do these because it's an individual situation. Some of these came from my specific readings on my Dutch test, which may be different than yours. So I am personally not giving you the exact thing that you need to do during perimenopause. We'll get to that and some advice that I may have or things that I have read, but I'm just going to tell you what I have done. I did the Dutch test. I worked with my functional nutritionist on a few specific things that I could change. And just so you know, these are not HRT whatsoever. This is not hormone replacement. I have never done hormone replacement. We're going to get to that in a little bit. These are just lifestyle management things. One is I personally started adding more protein. I think it's generally agreed that most women really need to be getting about your body weight in grams of protein a day. And I know most of us, including me, I wasn't even close. And I've been working on that for a while, but I really, really committed to more protein. There's a lot of research that shows it can help our lifestyle, our hormones, how we feel, and our muscle mass, which we lose quickly as we age. So I started to eat more protein. I upped my weights and already, luckily I did that a long time ago. So I'm pretty consistent about lifting weights three times a week, but one day a week I went a little bit heavier. Again, weights help our muscle mass. They help with a lot of things as we age. You need to be lifting weights. If you want to know why, go back and find my episode about lifting weights here at Meet Your Body. I started walking more. So that helps me a lot with stress. It helps me just to get moving. Um, And now that the weather's getting nicer, I can walk more. I started getting morning sunlight to help kind of set my circadian rhythm. So that helps a lot if you can get sunlight in the morning when you wake up. Um, And I started taking specific supplements. And again, that is something that was recommended from my specific Dutch test. So some natural supplements to help. 
And I started to learn. So I started to just learn more instead of ignoring it. I started to see what else I could do to help during this time. So let's move on to just things in general that you may want to look at when it comes to approaching this time in life. So these are just some general categories that can really help when you bring them all together just to help make this time a little more smooth. One is, again, testing your hormone levels. So that can be through your doctor. If you need to go through your doctor, do that. Use insurance. It's there for a reason. The panel from your doctor typically is not going to be a complete full panel, but it's a really good place to get some information. The other thing I have found from doctors is they will do the panel for you, but they won't necessarily interpret what it means, especially from a more holistic point of view. So if you are, like, let's say you do have the means to spend some money, but you want to save some money at the same time, get a blood panel done by your doctor, have insurance pay for it, and then do a consult with a functional medicine doctor or a functional nutritionist who can interpret that panel for you and help give you some recommendations. And I am going to put um, some information about all of that below in the description of the podcast as well in order to help. But some doctors to see if you do have some questions about what's going on, if you have some specific needs, you may want to see an endocrinologist. And many times that can be covered by insurance too. But I, like I personally have a pituitary tumor, which actually changes my hormone levels and makes me have too much prolactin in my body. So it's a hormone issue. I have seen an endocrinologist for years for that. So an endocrinologist is someone who's going to specialize in specific hormone levels. So that may be helpful to you as well. But definitely, if you can, if you have the ability to do it, get some kind of hormone panel done so that you can see exactly what you're starting with. Next is just to take an inventory of your food choices. And again, I am not here telling you this from a nutritionist point of view, and I'm not even telling it to you from a weight loss point of view. I am just saying that food is very powerful in how we feel. It can change your symptoms. It can change your energy levels. And our needs really can change change as we age. Are you getting enough protein to support your body? Are you eating the carbohydrates that you need to support your body? Are you staying hydrated? Do you need to change things? Do you need to adjust things? So just look at that. Explore what your food choices might be. Another thing is to lift weights. You have heard me say it before. I will scream it from the mountaintops forever. Everybody needs to be lifting weights, especially women. And I will put a few resources for that below too. I'll just give you a couple links to my YouTube videos about simple workouts you can do at home, just lifting dumbbells. But lifting weights is one of the best things you can do to help combat muscle mass loss, which we all will lose muscle mass as we get older. It helps with balance. It helps with our bones. It helps prevent osteoporosis. It helps with our brains. We need to be lifting weights. Another piece of that to continue on that movement and exercise piece is to keep moving. So one thing I want to talk about is something that's called NEAT, non-exercise activity thermogenesis. That's called NEAT. And it's the energy that we naturally expend for everything we do that's not sleeping, eating, or exercise. So that means things like cleaning the house, 
gardening, walking, climbing stairs, any kind of daily activity that's not sleeping or eating or exercise is non-exercise activity thermogenesis. And that is really good for us. It keeps our bodies moving. It keeps us burning calories. It keeps our joints lubricated. It does lots of good things. And we tend to stop doing that, one, as we age, but two, I think just in society, and I'll say that's absolutely true for myself, my entire job is in front of a computer screen. I am filming, so yes, I'm moving, I'm exercising when I film, but if I'm not filming, I'm sitting here recording and sitting here editing and doing emails, and there are times I don't move all day until I go pick up the kids. So focusing on NEAT is really important Get your body moving throughout the day. Not only does that help us physically, but it really can help that mental component that comes in, like for me, the anxiety that can come in with perimenopause. So then in addition to the moving, you can focus on your sleep habits. Are you sleeping at night? And I know this is a hard one too, because a big part of perimenopause is waking up in the middle of the night and not being able to go back to sleep. But that can also be affected by things like anxiety. So if you bring all of this together and you look at it as a full picture, they can all play off of each other. Find ways to get more sleep at night. Don't let yourself stare at the screen for two hours before you fall asleep. Don't keep your phone by the side of the bed. Put it away. Read a real book before you fall asleep. Whatever you need to do to help yourself sleep at night. You're also going to want to work on your stress levels. And I know that's easier said than done, believe me. But I do know that you can do it with very specific strategies. As I mentioned earlier, I found myself in a very heightened place of stress and fight or flight for a long time. And I noticed that it was affecting me very poorly. And it was about a year in before I said, I've got to make some changes. And I did. I started with simple things like getting off social media as much and listening to funny podcasts. I would put my phone down. I would look off into space sometimes. I would go on more walks. And then it got deeper into setting some boundaries, saying no to some projects I really wanted to do because I knew that it might be beyond my capacity at the moment to do them. So whatever you can do to decrease some of the stress in your life will help as well. And then I promised you I'd bring up HRT. So HRT is hormone replacement therapy. Again, I am not an expert on this, so I'm not going to cover anything except to tell you it can definitely be an option for some people if you find that your symptoms are severe enough that you need medical help for them. And if that is you, do not apologize for it. Do not be ashamed. Do not be embarrassed. You seek the help that you need. And HRT can be there in certain situations to help. Just know, again, everyone's different. There are some cases that it won't be appropriate for, but find a healthcare professional that you trust that you can have that conversation with. And then mindset. And I touched on this earlier. I can't tell you how to get through this with a positive attitude because I'm working on it myself. (laughs) All I can say is that's a much more enjoyable place to be than to go fighting and kicking and screaming into it. I would much rather find pieces to hold on to that have hope, that have positivity, have positivity. I would much rather laugh with my friends about our vision changing as we old, as we age, than to sit by myself and read scary stories on the internet. 
It's my idea of how I want to walk through this life, how I want to example this life to my kids. I want to enjoy my kids. I want to laugh. I want to be in that place of positivity. So some of it is choosing that and it's moment by moment, but then the flip side is just making sure I do not get discouraged or defeated when I am having a time of feeling sad. I mean, I cried my way through some movie we watched as a family the other night that really did not need um, tears. I didn't need to be crying in that movie, but I did, cried my way through it, and I just let myself go. I just let myself do it. I didn't question it. It's things like that. Give yourself some space. Give yourself grace and know that you are not alone. You aren't You aren't the first woman to go through this and you won't be the last one. Find a community, whether it is true in life, right in front of you, whether it's online, um, wherever it is, try to find someone, a friend who you can talk to about it. Honestly, talking to my husband about this has been so helpful to me. He doesn't understand perimenopause at all. But he's aging right there with me. And when my eyes were going through changes, I honestly was a little bit scared. I mean, I just was very confused why that was suddenly happening. And he ended up going through it at the same time. Same issue, seeing an eye doctor had to get, he didn't need readers, but he needed faraway glasses. He couldn't read at night as well. And honestly, it took the biggest weight off my shoulders to laugh with him about it and to say, I am not alone going through this. Thank goodness. Everyone else around me is too. We are all aging and it is a gift. It is an absolute gift. Yes, things may change and yeah, things might even be harder. But there is more out there than this. We are more than what we are feeling in perimenopause. We are more than that and we are not alone. So hopefully those things can help you as I'm hoping they help me as we go through this journey. And there's one more piece to that mindset idea that I am particularly focusing on, and that's the idea of trusting the process. So as I mentioned, I've made some changes in the past few months. I've added some supplements, changed my workouts. I've definitely added that idea of neat to that movement more throughout the day, walking, those kind of things. And there are some days I look and say, I don't know if I see any changes. I'm not sure if I notice a big improvement right now. But there are some days that I think I do. And I am choosing to trust the process that I know every movement I do is good movement. I know that I am investing into that health bank account we talk about. I know every time I go for a walk, not only am I doing something good for my body, but I'm out in the sun. I'm doing something good for my mind. It calms me down. Every workout I do that I'm lifting weights, I am helping strengthen my bones and strengthen my muscles. The supplements that I'm taking, I know are helping me internally, even if I can't always see a difference. And there are some times that I do see a difference. I definitely see an improvement with my mood and it might be related to some of the supplements I'm taking. It might be related just to the fact that I have kind of gained some information and some understanding about what's going on. But either way, I do feel like some aspects around my mood have definitely um, adjusted and definitely improved. But overall, I am just trusting the process that each 
thing that I am choosing to do to help myself during this time will pay dividends later on, even if it's not something that I see right away. I know things are going to continue to change and adjust. This perimenopause time might be a long time. It might be a short time. We just don't know. But I'm going to choose to be in it and to be present and again to kind of trust that process that even if I don't see immediate results I'm going to trust that I am doing something good for myself. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for listening as I talked through this. Thank you for letting me feel less alone. I will like I said I will leave some resources in the descriptions below to support you. Make sure that you bring people along as you need them in your own life, whether it's doctors or healthcare professionals, or whether it's just knowing that there's other others like us out there who are just doing our best day by day. And we're just going to know that sometimes that's enough. I will talk to you again soon. Thank you so much for joining me today on Meet Your Body. If you have a moment, please consider rating and reviewing this podcast as it helps us tremendously. For more resources and workouts, you can visit my website, jessicavalantpilates.com, or find me on YouTube or Instagram at jessicavalantpilates.com.